The following is a CA original. Pouncer, the Palm Squad. Pre- and post-game parties on Beale Street. It's all part of the Memphis Tigers basketball game day experience. This is the Tiger Basketball Podcast. What's happening, Tiger basketball fans? We are back for another edition of the Tiger Basketball Podcast. I think it might be the first ever NCAA tournament edition of the Tiger Basketball Podcast. I'm not sure that the commercial appeal was doing these back in 2014. It's certainly the first one since I've been doing it, uh, since joining the CA in 2017. Uh, I'm Mark Giannato, commercial appeal sports columnist. I'm joined, as always, by Jason Munns, our Tiger Basketball beat writer. We are hours away from heading to Portland, Oregon, um, to see Memphis participate in the NCAA tournament for the first time since 2014. They are the nine seed in the West region and will face number eight seed Boise State, a team they beat in the NIT quarterfinals last year, um, and the number one seed in their pod, whoever advances, Memphis or Boise State, likely faces number one seed, top seed, Gonzaga, uh, on Friday, or excuse me, Saturday in Portland, Oregon. So exciting times. Uh, we're coming up with a lot to get to. Uh, we're coming off the Tigers making a run to the AAC championship game in Fort Worth. And also, obviously, again, a historic selection, selection Sunday, just in the sense that you know, it's been a long time since uh, Memphis had seen its name up on the bracket in the NCAA tournament. Muns, I guess, let's start here. Let's start with the tur- let's start with the tournament, the NCAA tournament. We'll look back at the AAC tournament, and then we'll spin it forward uh, and talk a little bit about Boise State. Um, just in general, what do you make of the Tigers' draw here, getting number eight seed Boise State? in the opening round in Portland uh, and paired up with Gonzaga? I think it's probably unfair to both Memphis and Boise State, this draw. I don't think they deserve to see either. I don't think either one of them deserves to see each other. I mean, Boise State is the Mountain West regular season champs. They are the Mountain West tournament champs. They have beaten a bunch of, I don't know, but a bunch of tournament teams, but they've beaten San Diego State multiple times. Uh, They beat Wyoming. Uh, Let's see, who else did they beat beat They beat Ole Miss, who Memphis didn't beat. Um, They beat Washington State. Um, So, you know, yeah, but they won 21 to 24, and the three losses were to Colorado State and Wyoming who both made the NCAA tournament out of the Mountain West. Yes, the, and the two losses to Colorado State, uh, one was by three in overtime at home. The other was by three on the road. So, you know, like, they're not getting... The, the other lo- the, the loss to Wyoming was by seven, so they're not getting blown out. Those, they could have easily gone the other way, those three games. Um, and so I just don't know if it's fair to... Memphis to have to see a team that's been, you know, that good. I mean, again, they're the dual champs of the Mountain West, and uh, 
and and you know Boise isn't having to go across the country to see you know to play their first round NCAA tournament game and then f- from the Boise standpoint um Memphis has won 12 of the last 14 games they've got arguably one of the most um intriguing perhaps uh one of the five to ten most talented players in the tournament um or at least you know most exciting potentially most exciting guys uh in the tournament Jalen Duran um you know I don't know I just don't I don't know if if I feel like I feel I feel like Memphis is probably seated right but I think that Boise is underseated and so you know I don't know I just don't think I don't I feel like it's a tough draw for both teams yeah it's an int- it's interesting a lot of people have said boy like Colorado State you mentioned is a it, it, we mentioned earlier is a, they're a 6 seed they're playing my Michigan Wolverines in the first round a lot of people think Boise and Colorado State should have swapped seeds like Boise should have been a six seed and and Colorado State should have been an eight seed. But nonetheless, um, yeah, it's a, it's a tough draw in that you got to go to Portland. A lot of travel. Um, they just played three games in three days in the conference tournament. Got back late, early Monday morning because they had some charter plane issues leaving Fort Worth, Memphis did. And then they're turning around and going right to Portland. We're recording this on Tuesday. They're going today. Um, and so you're, there's not, and it's really expensive to get out there. Not probably not going to be a lot of Memphis fans. It's probably pretty easy for Boise state fans to get there. Definitely easy for Gonzaga fans to get there. Um, so it's not an easy draw, but you you know what? Nothing about this season has been easy, Jason. And, you know, at some point, you know, Memphis, this, this is the, you know, we talk about, you know, ultimately that early season, the early season struggles this team went through didn't cost them an NCAA tournament bid because of how they closed the season. But it did cost them a, a decent seat, you know, a better seat in this tournament. And so this is what they got to deal with. I think ultimately the satisfaction of getting back to the NCAA tournament, to me, significantly outweighs the fact that, well, this is kind of a tough draw. Like, you're back in the NCAA tournament. That is a huge deal for this program. If they didn't get there, it was going to feel this whole season, the Penny Hardaway era was going to feel like it was failing if they didn't get there. And and the fact that they, you know, turned it around the way they did, winning so many games that they had to win um, down the stretch, I, I think really... Uh, really makes this this whole thing feel you know I don't think going into the season you would have said man it would have it, it'll be satisfying if they're a nine seed and you know lose to Boise State or Gonzaga and don't make the second weekend I don't think anyone going into the season would have gone that's a great season but like honestly given everything they've been through both this year and in years past like I, I got I gotta believe it's pretty satisfying to see what they accomplished here over the last two months of the season. Yeah, man. I said this on uh, a yesterday uh, on the radio on Monday. Um, context is very, very important to, uh, to this argument, to the, to this point. Um, you, you, you can't just look at this in the vacuum that, you know, Memphis 
got a nine seed and has to go all the way across the country and they got to face Boise State who's got one of the best defenses in the country and if they get past them then they got to then they got to face Gonzaga you know essentially two true road games I mean you I mean like you know at this point we're we're not going to say that this is a neutral site okay this is you know this is right in both Boise and I know Boise's what like what is that drive wise you think six hours maybe I have no idea. I've never been to. I've never been to Boise. I'll look at you. Keep I, talking. I'll look it up. All right. I think it's. I think it's like seven. So correct me if I'm wrong. But I think it's like a six or seven hour drive from Boise. And then of course you've got uh, Gonzaga coming from Spokane to Portland. And so yeah, again, um, it's it's not. You you wouldn't look at this in a vacuum and say, well, this should be considered a. a, a great success this should be this should be something that you should hold your head high and puff your chest out and you know widen your shoulders about but you got to look at it in the context of where memphis has been not only the last eight seasons eight years but the last uh three or four months you you got to remember what happened in december and also in january there was the four game losing streak where you lost to georgia and you lost to ole miss and then the three-game losing streak in January, where you lost to East Carolina and U and UCF, um, and and you had all the injuries and all the infighting and all the drama. Um, you had coaching changes over the last eight years. You had very very unpopular. Uh, uh, you had a very very unpopular coach here who, you know, uh, you know attendance was crazy bad. Uh, you know, enthusiasm was at arguably an all-time low. You bring in Penny Hardaway. He got close uh, last year. Ended up making the NIT. Um, again, like content, all that matters in, in this in the point that we're making that you that this is something to be very very proud of. Well, it's it's definitive progress um, in that you know you won the NIT last year and going back to the NIT was not going to feel good. Um, and now you. You made some significant progress. I would say, you know, I think, you know, as you look at it, I mean, this this game against Boise State feels like a toss-up. You know, you'd like to see Memphis win that toss-up game. They've won a bunch of toss-up games here down the stretch. Um, so, um, but at the same time, you know, I'm not so sure, you know, if, they, if they're if they one and done, you know, I don't know if that, tar- you know, I don't think that tarnishes anything uh, that they've accomplished so far because, you can at least, no matter what now, if you're Penny Hardaway, you can go into this offseason and sell that, hey, we're making progress, okay? Um, we've made the, you can't tell, you can't say he can't take Memphis to NCAA tournament. He has now. Um, mm-hmm. Those are things, definitive things that, you know, again, I don't think even, I, I think if you ask Penny, that's not what he's setting out to do here. He doesn't want to just make the NCAA tournament. He's made it clear he's got higher aspirations than that. Than that, but for now, given all they've been through, like that's he now has something going into the off season that he can really hang his hat on um, because he's done a great job here down the stretch getting this team uh, headed back in the right direction, getting the program headed back in the right direction. Jason, I have done the calculations. Boise to Portland is six hours and 40 minutes. Ooh, who, who, oh, that was spot so it's not on. Really that close. It's not really that close. It's like, 
It, it would be like if Memphis was playing in Fort Worth. So I guess it's not that bad. You know, it'd be like Memphis an hour flight in right? Dallas. What? But it'd be like an hour and a half flight. Yeah. But you also you could drive it. Um, and just like right. just like when Memphis went to the Cotton Bowl, everyone just drove to Dallas. Like, because because I will underscore like. You mentioned Boise State's the Mountain West regular season champion, Mountain Mountain West ter- tournament champion. We are going to witness Jason on Thursday what I think is the greatest Boise State basketball team ever. This eight seed is the highest seed yeah. they've ever gotten in the NCAA tournament. They were number twenty three in this week's AP poll. That's the highest they've ever been ranked in the AP poll. So, like, there's a pretty good argument that this is the greatest Boise State basketball team of all time. They're 29 in the net. They are 26 in Ken Palm. Um, Memphis is uh, 33 in the net and 28 in Ken Palm. Um, But yeah, no, like this, this, you know, yeah, you you could certainly make the argument and it it probably is a, uh, it's, it's, it's a strong one that this is, um, the best they've ever been. I mean, they've gone to the NCAA tournament seven times only before this. So, and they've never won. They've never won a game. They've never won at, a game. Okay. No, no, they're zero and seven at the NCAA tournament. So, um, I think the I think that's a pretty clear. Uh, uh, like, if they win, if they win Thursday, if they beat Memphis, then then yes, this will be this this will unequivocally be the best Boise State team in their program's history. Before we take a little closer look at the matchup, I wanted to – how do you think Memphis is playing coming off of the AAC tournament? So, obviously, they beat UCF comfortably in the end, although there was a little scare there at the beginning of the second half. They built the big lead, then dropped a big lead, then built the big lead again. Memphis did against UCF. Then an emotional win over SMU. Get, you know, finally beat SMU this year probably knock SMU out of the NCAA tournament as a result. Um, but it just an emotional game full of twists and turns. You know, Jalen Duran is in foul trouble early, then has that scary fall, leaves the game. Then right as DeAndre Williams fouls out with 10 minutes to go, Jalen Duran returns. Uh, Memphis comes from behind down the stretch in the last seven minutes, makes a bunch of key baskets, and really just, you know, arguably, you know, I, I don't know about you, but I felt like the most meaningful win of the season. Maybe Alabama was bigger because you hadn't gotten a big win and you'd been on this losing streak. You know, but I, I think that I think that SMU win in the semis, that or the Alabama win felt like the most meaningful wins of this season, just in terms of the emotions um, and the, and the moment, you know, and sort of just the, I don't know, significance of them in the moment. Um, but, and then they come out and kind of, you know, kind of lay a dud against Houston in the championship game, uh, the AAC championship game where, you know, they, they couldn't hit any outside shots. Um, Houston just looked like a team that, you know, wanted it a little more, um, was a little more focused. Um, Memphis looked a little tired from playing SMU the day before. Um, and, you know, kind of a, it was kind of an emotional letdown a little bit coming off the SMU game. They did show some resolve cutting the, cutting the Houston lead to four in the second half, but ultimately 
Houston was just the better team on Sunday um, and, and takes home the AAC title. Um, and then Memphis uh, obviously was already secure in the NCAA tournament and gets that nine seed. How, how, though, how do you evaluate how this team's playing going into the NCAA tournament? Because, like, do you put much stock into this last performance they had against Houston? Um, do you worry at all that they, you know, that was a momentum uh, killer a little bit? Uh, or do you kind of just chalk that up as an anomaly? Um, I don't know if we can glean anything really because they were all three of these most recent games at the AAC tournament were so different in in every way. Really, uh, you had the UCF game where they dominated. Yeah, UCF kind of got back into it by hitting a bunch of contested threes, but you know, like it is what it is. That's I mean, they won. They ended up winning by double digits, and and I mean, you know, UCF shoots the ball well from three. When they get hot, they get hot, and it's hard to stop them. But um, so you had that one, you had some dominant, uh, you know, you, I don't know if you could call it dominant, but that was a really good game. Um, then you had the SMU game that was tightly contested and it was emotional and it was, uh, kind of a knockdown drag out deal. Memphis comes out on top. Then you had the, uh, Houston game where it, nothing was going right. Um, pretty much the whole game. Uh, you go one for 10 from three, um, you know, which is yeah, I mean, and then and then Houston shoots better from three than they did in either of the other two games uh, that they played against Memphis. So, yeah, just three very different uh, looks that Memphis showed us this past this past week. And so, I don't know. It makes it to me that makes it really really hard to forecast to predict what we're going to see on Thursday. Um, but my gut tells me that it may turn out to be a good thing that they lost to Houston, that they're going to, I have a feeling that, you know, sitting up at that, uh, having their flight delayed, uh, having their travel delayed, getting out of Fort Worth and having to sit up at, um, Dickie's arena, like staring at the confetti on the floor. I mean, I don't know if they were in the gym or not, but, they were, uh, they probably, I, when I saw that, when I walked out and saw them, they were they were removing the court at that point because they're gonna they were putting in they had to put in the NCAA tournament court because that they're that that's a host of a regional. But no, I, I would say two things about it. I, one, I worry a little bit about their just just the energy because they they looked a little they looked a little tired in that Houston game, whether it was from the SMU game or just all the effort it took to get to this point it didn't look quite like the same team. Um, and then another thing I think that's going to be really important, you know, really important is a lot of these postseason games, tournament games, they're dictated by your guard play. And, and, and I think Memphis, if you look, you know, like at this point, Jalen Duran, if he's not in foul trouble, he's playing at a level where I think it's safe to assume like something like a double, double, you know, like that's the level mm-hmm. he's playing at these days. And Deandre Williams, Hasn't been quite as good as last year, I think. But again, if he stays out of foul trouble, I think there's you know some reasonable exp- you know you reasonably know what to expect out of him. In that AAC tournament, Lester Quinones was the really the only guy hitting shots from outside for them. Um, mm-hmm. Landers Nolly did not have a good shooting performance in the AAC tournament, and neither did Tyler Harris. 
And for I, I think for them to beat Boise State, that can't happen. Boise is a great defensive team. You are going to have to hit some shots to beat them. And, and I think Landers in particular. This team's not going anywhere unless Landers Nolly's hitting some outside shots. Like down the stretch of the season, they played their best basketball when Landers Nolly played his best basketball. Like, I don't think that's a fluke. I don't think that, that that's not co- coincidental. That is, you know, cause and effect right there. Because right. Landers, when he's on, brings a dimension that no one else can on this roster can bring. Yeah, no, I agree. Yeah. Um, but I, I just feel like, I feel like, I just get the sense that they're going to, that Memphis really took the Houston loss hard. They desperately wanted to win that game. They wanted to win it so much that they didn't even, like, they, they were processing it uh, so much that they um, uh, missed the uh, announcement. They did not, they were not present to see their name revealed on the selection show. Um, and so, yeah, I don't know. I just, I think they're going to, and they were still hurting, uh, when they met with us. See, I, see, I, I read that whole situation differently. I actually think they didn't play with any, they didn't play with the same desperation they had against SMU against Houston. And I think what we saw after the game was there like, almost like they realized, man, we kind of like, we kind of didn't give our best effort in this one. And I think that's what you were seeing after the game more than like they were devastated because they had tried so hard. It was they were devastated because they realized they could have tried a little harder. That's what I read it as, to be honest. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's open to interpretation, but uh, um, and we'll find out soon enough. I I, I just I just I just have a feeling they're going to. That they are going that Memphis is going to. pin their ears back and, you know, try to make some noise. I mean, Penny's been saying this since before the season started and he said it multiple times. If we can just get into the NCAA tournament, I believe we can make some noise that we can go on a run and it's not going to be easy. Um, they, they, it's just not, it's a, it's a tough matchup. I mean, Memphis, it's like strength versus strength, uh, classic strength versus strength with this, with, with this matchup, um, Memphis is the fifth best team in the country in offensive rebound percentage. Boise State is the fifth best team in the country in defensive rebound percentage. Um, Memphis is like 63rd, I think, in total offense, um, scoring 74 points a game. Boise State is like 13th. They're top 15 in the country in in total defense. Um, now, granted. Uh, Boise has not seen an offense like Memphis's. The last, the only team that scores more points per game this season that Boise State has played is St. Louis, and they lost to St. Louis. Um, yeah. so no, this is this is going to be one of those classic. If Memphis, if Memphis's athlete, like th- th- Memphis is going to have athletes that are by and large far superior to to Boise State's, and it's about imposing your will particularly on the pace of the game. Like, this is a game where Memphis is going to try to, I would assume, try to speed up Boise State, and Boise State's going to try and get this game to a crawl. Um, you know, the game yep. the game at the NIT was a 59-56 game that Memphis won. Um, but 
Um, it, it hey, was can I go on a can I can I go on a little tangent real quick? Uh, I guess so. Yeah, this is your podcast just as much as it's mine, Jason. All right, Moda Center, right? We know yeah. Memphis. We we know Memphis played there um, in 2019. Yes. Lost to Oregon. James Wiseman's last game as a Tiger. Uh, what turned out to be the last game he played as a Tiger against Oregon. Do you remember who the top scorer was for Memphis in that game? Um, and whether they're still with the team or not. Was it Lester? Indeed, it was Lester Quinones with 16 points. He had two steals, four assists, two rebounds. He was two of nine from three, uh, so that's not great. But uh, uh, well, as here's team, the question. Here's the question: Was Abu? Uh, Key, I think it's Keyjab. Yeah, it's Keyjab is how you pronounce it. I look okay. at their pronunciation guide. He's he's Boise State's leading scorer, but he is a Oregon transfer. Was he on Oregon in that game? He was not. Okay. C.J. Walker, current UCF Knight was on that team and uh as everyone knows chandler lawson yeah chandler lawson is there yeah um is that your tangent a little bit yeah chandler scored eight points in that game eight points four rebounds uh the only other players still on the memphis roster uh here's how they performed in that game tyler harris scored two points he was zero of three from three um, Alex Lomax scored four points and had three assists. Uh, and Jaden Hardaway had uh, zero points in two minutes on the floor. That's it. Everybody else is gone from that team. Uh, anyway, I'm sorry. Just got uh, yeah. sidetracked. Well, it was three years ago. So, um, no, because I, I will say you, you were talking about the team after the AAC tournament, and it was like a very odd scene in that room at Dickey's arena where they walked in, they weren't in a great mood. They missed that moment where, you know, they announced your name, like everyone else, they announced your name and everyone stands up and cheers. And, you know, the kids, the, the players have their phones out and they're filming each other. That's like in the last five years that started happening with social media and like Memphis just didn't have that moment. It was kind of weird. Uh, especially after all this time being without an NCAA tournament bid. But they were, I would note, Jason, in there in time for Penny Hardaway to hear Seth Davis pick Boise State. And so I do think in terms of, you know, what's this team going to look like going into this? Um, Because it is kind of an odd situation also on Thursday where they're going to be playing at 1045 local time. Uh, against Boise State. You know, it's a 12.45 central time tip, one of the first games of the tournament. So there's a chance that by 3 o'clock, by a couple hours into this thing, Memphis is out of the tournament. One of them, either Memphis or Boise State's tournament is going to be over two to three hours into the NCAA tournament beginning. Um, And so that's a lot. But I do think it's good, even though Memphis is favored, I think by it's up to two and a half right now, like yep. I've seen Seth Davis has picked Boise State. I saw Jay Billis picked Boise State. Like people are picking. Bo- There's enough there that Penny can, you know, use it as they can use that as motivation. Um, especially because 
you know, it is interesting. They beat this team a year ago. So Memphis and Boise State have only played twice in their history, and it's both that they've happened in the last 12 months. Um, however, I'm not sure how much you can really, other than the fact that both teams should be a little bit familiar with, like, kind of how they operate, um, I don't know how much you can glean from that NIT game. One, because it was an NIT game a year ago, but two, you know, we mentioned Abu uh, Kijab. Kijab, yes, Kijab. He didn't play. He's the, he's he's Boise's best player, and he didn't play in the NIT. He was injured. He had a torn labrum. Indeed, three of the six players that Boise played fifteen minutes or more are no longer playing for them this year. Um, correct, correct me if I'm correct. Correct me if I'm wrong, but one of them was uh, Derek Alston Jr., who's the tenth leading scorer in Boise State history. Yes, he's gone now. Yes. Yes. He did um, play. But their two best players, I know Kijab is their uh, leading scorer, second leading rebounder, and second leading assist guy. He's like a six seven tweener. It's going to be an inch. I'll be interested to see how Penny um, matches up with him. You'd think it's probably DeAndre Williams' assignment. At the same time, because he's foul prone, maybe you, maybe you try Lester Quinones on him. You know, even though Lester's a little bit smaller, um, Kijab's listed at six seven, I believe. Uh, but he's an mm-hmm. Oregon transfer. Emmanuel Acott is an Arizona transfer for them. He's a nice player. Um, so uh, I believe Marcus Shavers is is their guard, um, but. It's interesting because Memphis isn't the same either from last year. The two leading scorers in that game against Boise State last year were DJ Jeffries and Boogie Ellis for Memphis. So um, not sure how much you can totally glean from the last matchup, um, but it was a close game. Um, And so, uh, and I expect this is going to be a close game. Uh, This is going to be one that comes down the last five minutes. Here's an interesting thing that I just noticed. Uh, we're, we're extolling the virtues of Boise State's best players, uh, Kijab, Shaver, Acott. Um, Acott has turned the ball over 74 times this year. Kijab has turned it over 73 times. They have another player, uh, M. Laden Armush, who also, Acott and Armush both played um, against Memphis last year. He's turned it over 69 times this year. Nobody on Memphis's turnover-prone roster has has as many turnovers as either any of those three guys. Which to is, to be think, fair, they don't play that many guys. And so... like They I, also I, play I, very I, slow, I, though. Yeah. No, I hear you. They, they turn the... If you look at Kempom, their non-steal turnover percentage is one of the worst in the country. Like... They either throw the ball away or they they get called for offensive fouls a lot. Um, and so I wonder if that's why they play so slow. Well, I think, yeah, and I think, yeah, if you look at their numbers, they were a much better shooting team last year. They're a bad free throw shooting team, and they're not a great outside shooting team. Um, they were a much better shooting team last year. Uh, but. Yeah. The reason they're so good this year is their defense is is really good. Like compared yeah, to especially good. compared to last year, they've gotten a lot better defensively. 
No, I really think this is going to be a game where, you know, one, I think in the first half, Penny's going to throw a lot of bodies out there um, and try to press and get the get the tempo up, 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 um, because, you know, this Boise State team hasn't played anyone with the type of athletes Memphis has. And so you want to try and bother them. I mean, I really think the pace of the game, you know, if if this game if if this game goes above 70 points, I think Memphis wins. You know what I mean? Like, I, yeah. I think Memphis wins the game if it's like that. It's the only way Boise State wins this is if they get this, they muck it up, get it stuck in the mud and play at their tempo. Um, now, that being said, you know, they've been playing really well at the end of the year, um, just like Memphis. So I don't want to dis, you know, I, I don't want to dis, you know, discount their chances. I think. I think they do things that will bother Memphis, just like Memphis does things that will bother them, you know? Right. And, you know, it's an 8-9 game. Ultimately, the, the committee viewed these teams basically as evenly matched. And so um, that's the situation Memphis finds itself in um, with a chance, again, to play Gonzaga in the second round on Saturday. So, um, listen, this is we've been waiting for this moment. Hopefully... Uh, I feel like the Tigers, hopefully the Tigers are, are ready for it. You know, this is going to be a new experience for them, for everyone. Penny, the players, no one on this roster. Maybe Chandler Lawson? No, because Chandler Lawson's freshman year was the COVID year. So no one on this, I guess last year Chandler probably played in the tournament with Oregon. He did, right? He did, yeah. He played in two games, yeah. So he's the only one on the roster, I think, right? It, Who has that is correct. Tournament experience? That's correct. Um, so this is going to be kind of a new experience for them, and, and we'll see how they respond. Um, but it does feel like, you know, whether it's it, – it, I kind of view the Houston game as an anomaly um, where they – you know, and, and if you take out that Houston game in the AAC championship – it just really feels like they found a lot of answers and a lot found out a lot about themselves during this run. And so you'd think that will uh, serve them well in the uh, in this game on Thursday, um, because, you know, it's, it's not going to be any it's not easy circumstances. That's for sure. Um, but it hasn't been easy circumstances for this team for quite a while. And they've thr- they've they've learned to thrive. Uh, amidst that so um should be fun you know I, i'll be curious you know this pat it's funny this past week weekend in fort worth the unlikely kind of hero who emerged was earl timberlake you know really probably right. had two two i don't know you, you know two of his best games as a tiger for sure um both in the certainly in the semifinal game i don't know if they beat smu without him and then he gave him a spark against Houston as well. Um, and so who will, you know, is there a guy like that who emerges this weekend um, to go along with what you, what you hope is, you know, Duran Williams, hopefully Nolly shooting the ball better. You know, who's the guy who emerges alongside some of those, some of the, some of them this weekend or this week. Um, that's what makes the tournament so fun. You know, it's, a, it's, it's, it's not what you expect all the time. In fact, more often than not, it feels like it's super unpredictable. Yeah, yeah, it's um, 
no shortage of intrigue and uh and i for one am very much looking forward to it uh, uh fun fact for you mark i've never covered an ncaa tournament game so really uh, yeah so on the first on the commercial appeals first ncaa tournament podcast uh is someone who's never covered an ncaa tournament game so uh I, i'm very much looking forward to it this is my first tournament game since so i've actually been at memphis's i covered memphis's last two tournament appearances even though i was not in memphis um i was covering uva for the washington post when memphis lost to uva in the second round uh back in 2014 in raleigh and i was also in auburn hills michigan when they lost in 2013 in the second round to michigan state um so I've cut, you know, I covered and I also was at their last two NCAA tournament wins over GW in 2014 and over um, St. Mary's uh, in uh, 2013. Um, so. But I haven't covered a tournament game since that 2014 tournament um, when UVA went to the Sweet 16 and lost to Michigan State. Um, so it's my first one in eight years, too. So. Um, and, and I, I, I'm, I am really happy that the, the program was able to do this and the fans get, I wish it was a little closer so that more fans could come like a driving yeah. distance game. Um, but I, it does feel like a lot of them are going to, I'm sure a lot of them will be watching everyone listening to this. will probably be watching and you know what, like that's going to be a good feeling when you see Memphis tip the ball off in an NCAA tournament game. It's been a long time coming. I agree, man. I agree. All right. Well, we'll have tons of coverage over at commercialappeal.com throughout this week, throughout this tournament run. Jason and I are headed to Portland uh, this evening. We'll be there. There's an open practice on Wednesday, so we'll have coverage starting Wednesday from Portland. Um, And then, uh, you know, obviously Thursday's game and and hopefully uh, they win, and we're, we're providing coverage for Saturday's game, too, against Gonzaga. So um, we shall see lots of uh, exciting things ahead, a really intriguing game and just an intriguing moment for the program. So, uh, again, make sure you're checking out all our coverage over at commercialappeal.com. Uh, till next time, I was Mark. That was Jason. We'll talk to you next week, hopefully. Uh, Maybe we'll be talking about a Sweet 16 game. Who knows? Lots of exciting things going on. Thanks so much for listening. The Tiger Basketball Podcast is a production of the Commercial Appeal.